Welcome to They Might Be Dark Friends, revealing the mysteries and stories behind the Wheel of Time fandom. But in today's case, we're just going to talk about some Wheel of Time stuff, like some recent news and the upcoming Wheel of Time song parody challenge, What Idol 2023. My name is Lauren, and I might be a dark friend because I'm pretty much thinking of pledging my soul to the Great Lord of the Dark just for any little tidbit of Wheel of Time Season 2 official news. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> yeah. And with me is Rob. Rob, you're my good friend, and you might be a dark friend. I might be a dark friend, and you might be a dark friend if you are so used to the lack of any official news that you hum Tucker Enriad's Where's What Origins music while opening Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. Sadly, Alyssa can't join us today. She's too busy not being a dark friend because she's, you know, actually making the world a better place, helping her kids and being a mom and working hard on adult things, which I don't like to think about doing anything that requires being an adult. I'd much rather talk about my favorite fantasy series with my buds, but she's out doing the good work. So yes. we'll let her stay away today and hopefully she can join us in the future. She has a day off. For, she has a day off from being a dark friend today. Yes, exactly. Possibly being a dark friend. Sorry. Caveat. Possibly. She might be. There's some fun, uh, really quick. There's some, there's some fun stuff going on in, in the, void of news right like the, that we haven't heard about and i just wanted to give you a, a a couple more uh a couple more uh you might be dark friend if jokes to bring some levity to our collective thirst um let's do it you might be a dark friend if your voting record in the grinwell cup was chosen for you ahead of time <laughs> And that's chosen with a capital C. Nice. You can. You might be a dark friend if you can spell murderall without thought, but writing the word misspelled still gives you anxiety. <laughs> Guilty. Yes, every single time I need to spell misspelled, I misspell it, I think. That's hilarious. That's so true. Here's the thing. We want to make today's podcast a little bit shorter than normal. We just want to quickly talk about a recent thing that we've heard in Wheel of Time news, which is maybe or maybe not news. We'll talk about it and then get right into... The main discussion, which is Watt Idol 2023, which is the deadline's coming up pretty soon here. So we'll talk about that, answer some questions. I know Rob had some questions. Alyssa gave us some things to talk about because she couldn't make it today. Um, but just really quickly, we're going to talk about some Wheel of Time news, an article that recently came out on Screen Rant. And it's kind of spoilery. I don't know how spoilery it is. I would say if you've read the first five books through The Fires of Heaven, you're probably okay to hear this news um, but if you want to completely avoid spoilers, skip ahead. We'll put in the show notes when to skip ahead to the What Idol discussion. So, Rob, what was this Screen Rant article about? Um, so basically, it's about um, Rand and his uh, five love interests. And like, so when that article dropped last night, like several people were like, what, five? Um, I think I first saw it um, from uh, from Jess, uh, the Emerlin study. Had, had first tweeted that and I was like, wait, what's going on? There's an article, you know, like, so I checked out the article and, um, and then, uh, you know, like before I started reading it, I had seen a whole bunch of replies to, um, to uh, another, uh, another Twitter of time member, um, Hillary, AKA Ocean Ogier. 
And uh, she is at mellowwhale.com or not.com. She's at mellowwhale. Sorry. Um, and uh, she had said, wait, this is the first article I've seen featuring the actual plot of season two. Does this mean that we might start getting news soon? Or is this some random article that has nothing to do with anything? You know, and a lot of the replies, um, the Cambrian mammal had said, it's a screed they've been making stuff up about the show since before season one. So I wouldn't put too much stock into anything they post. Okay. But then I went and I read the article again. I read an article this morning and it's basically talking about that. Uh, so we know if you're familiar with the books and spoiler alert, Ren is in love with three women throughout the story, right? Elaine, Avienda and Min. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so it's basically, ta- it, it takes a point of view of, I, I would believe that the author has actually read the books or at least is very familiar with the inner workings of it um, because they talk about how, um, you know, for the most part in the story, in the books, uh, Rand's romantic woes, it says, revolve around Elaine Trikand, Avienda, and Min Farsha. Um, and then it says in the books, though, Rand quickly moves on from Egwene, allowing the books to develop a complex romantic plot that sees Rand fall for three different women, eventually sharing feelings for all of them at the same time. Right. Um, and that's nothing new. If you read the books, you know that. Um, and so it's basically talking about like how the show might have to deal with some complexities that the book didn't because in the book, Rand and Egwene were basically like betrothed since they were like nine years old or since Rand was nine years old, but there's not, there's no real details ever given about that. It's just mentioned several times. Right. But there's, and you know, Rand's going through the thing in the first book when he's going to the village that he has the butterflies cause you're going to see Egwene and you know, they're they're older now and stuff but as far as we know nothing ever romantically happened or physically happened between them yet in the books right right um or ever really ever right right and so uh um but since they did that in the show since they introduced that they have um, a physical relationship in the show um that that might cause some complications if these three characters are all three being introduced in season two which we know they are because Elaine has been cast um, and Avienda has been cast. Rafe said at last Jordan Con, I believe. And uh, Min has obviously like been cast in season one, right? So at the end of season one. And so it's just basically talking about like, okay, what's going to happen with those complex situations? Because those three are all joining the cast. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking just because they're joining the cast doesn't mean that like their plot lines are going to intertwine yet. Like just because somebody's on the show doesn't mean they're going to interact with Rand yet at all like they could have their totally different storyline going right right um so it's just basically talking about that complication and then it introduces celine into the mix right um yeah when i first well i gotta say when i first read the headline wheel of time season two could feature all five rand love interests the knee-jerk reaction was what rand doesn't have five love interests right that was like I was like, oh, another article that doesn't know what it's talking about, just like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But then as I read through it, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Egwene is considered a love interest. And especially in the show, she's definitely a love interest. Like that is not over yet. Right. And last Rand and Egwene talked, he said, I'll be your warder. I'll go with you. And they told each other how much they love each other. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely more going on there, which is going to be more interesting, I think, and cause for some more interesting drama when that eventually doesn't work out, right? But oh, so then I was thinking, okay, Egwene. Okay, yeah, okay, four. Who's the fifth? Well, Celine Lanfear. Is she a love interest? That's my question. Yeah, I, and I think that the article is is kind of like just talking about the introduction of the characters and, and how that might go. Um, and we know that, I mean, that's in the book too. Like that's in the second book. Um, you know, that we hear her obsession for yeah. Luz Theron. And now that we know that 
Randall Thor is the Dragon Reborn in the show, then, um, you know, that kind of opens the door for that. So when I read that art, when I read the headline, that wasn't that surprising to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. So I know Egwene cause she still has a thing. They still have a thing going, which I didn't think they would by the end of season eight. And so that's, I kind of the same mindset of the author that like, okay, how's this going to work? Because like he should have broken it off with her by now. But, um, but that really, Oh, you mean episode eight? Yeah. 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 But, but then I think like in the context of the books, I don't think that that happens until the end of book two. Right. Well, and realistically, the sort of breakup slash Egwene saying she's no longer interested in Rand yeah. and kind of gives Elaine her blessing doesn't happen until book four. Right. Well, and when they meet Be- Min and Berlon, then she, I think she says like, she's not for you. Right. Isn't that when she says that? Right. Um, in the first book. And so there's already kind of like sowing those seeds of separation of, of knowing like, okay, that, that might not be where my life is going. Um, right. And I thought that after they're kind of like, you know, their couple of fights in the first couple episodes that um, that it was done. But then like when they had them get back together in the ways, then that's where I was kind of like, wait, wait, what? Like they're, they say they're, they're breaking off, but then they're not, you know, like, <laughs> and they're there for each other. Maybe that's trauma bonding or whatever. I, I don't know. But um, I think that it can get complicated and I see where they're going with the article, you know? Yeah. Um, especially introducing Celine and her, uh, you know, crazy ex-girlfriend status. Uh, Well, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Celine. In the books, it's pretty innocent. I mean, you know, just to to be clear, Rand is a virgin at the start of the books. He um, is very much kind of like prudish. Mm -hmm. He he comes from a backwater village where he, he, you know, he hasn't had that kind of experience. Yeah. Then he still feels like he's promised to Egwene when Celine comes along. And in my opinion, she used some form. I mean, I think Celine is absolutely beautiful. And and the fact that she gives Rand that kind of attention, I think, does make him attracted to her. But I also think there's something going on with Celine or Lanford that she maybe manipulates or uses some form of compulsion to make people infatuated with her. I mean, even Loyal is like yeah. into her. <laughs> in book two, which is odd, but true. And Huron, who's married. Well, the, you know. the funny thing is, you know, a woman doesn't need to use compulsion of any sort. Like if if just showing attention to like, you know, a 17 to 20 year old boy, like <laughs> he's going to be obsessed no matter what. Right. Like you, sometimes it's even just like, oh, she answered me. And then you have all these stories play in your heads, you know, like, true, uh, you know, all, all sorts of these things. And so um, so that's that's not surprising to me. But I do know, like, you know, th- that there's the theory that she's using compulsion all the time because like everybody sees her as the most beautiful woman ever. Right. Regardless of their opinion of beauty and stuff like that. So so maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but um, but definitely I, I definitely think there's some of that going on. But it's like, you know, the whole time she's just fawning over him and complimenting him. And it's just like if 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 you have any sense, you can see it coming a mile away. How she's like, Oh, go for the horn, get the glory. Right. I love guys with glory, like all that kind of stuff. Like every time she says that, and it's just like, Oh my gosh. How could you not see this coming? If you right, right, right. But my question is, do you think they'll go farther with it w- between Celine and Rand? Do you think that they'll have some sort of sexual relationship and or um, something more will happen between them in the show? Oh, I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, like giving the the the, um, the more aging up of the of the characters in the show. I mean, like, I, I don't think physically they've aged up the boys. Um, but maturity wise they have, because I always thought that it was odd that like, okay, these guys are like 20 years old in the, in the first books and they're acting like 
you know, 15, 16 year olds. Right. Um, so it makes sense. So I, I, I imagine they probably will at least, at least a, a, a fling or two to kind of like get Rand super conflicted because I think like dramatic wise, then that's definitely going to help the show out in the future. Yeah. I just, I guess my concern here is because they haven't really ended that Egwene Rand thing. If there were something that were to happen, one of the things that happens in the books that keeps Rand kind of a good person, so to speak, is that he never quote unquote cheats on Egwene because she kind of gives him uh, the go ahead. She kind of like breaks up with him before he moves on to anybody else. And the way the show's established it, they're still pretty close. Like they're, they're pretty much still in love. Now he did tell Moraine Mm -hmm. to tell the others that he's dead. And well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I guess I just wonder, like, I personally immediately dislike a character when they cheat. And I don't like it when shows have a character cheat on somebody and then try to make you like, like them anyway. Like I have a hard time with that personally. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my wife and I have been watching Mad Men and I had seen it before, but she hasn't. And like the main character of that, Don Draper. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like very adulterous, but like actually pretty much almost every cast member is right. Right. And she's, she's just like, every time he's on the screen, she's like, oh, I hate him. Even if he's doing something good, she's like, I hate him. He sucks. He's like, cause he's lying to his wife. And he's doing all these things. Right. And then like, I think like season three or four, he starts to clean his act up and then he get, you know, they get divorced and then he's, he's dating somebody. And then he's like, you know, then he gets married and he's, you know, on the straight and narrow. And then like, as soon as he starts messing around again, she's going to be like, Oh, I hate him. I was liking him finally, but now I hate him again. And it's that same kind of thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like in Don Draper's case, like that's kind of the point of his character. You're supposed to kind of love to hate him, but with Rand, I mean, don't get me wrong. People hate Rand. People who love the books hate Rand. Yeah. There's a whole podcast called everybody hates Rand. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But he's supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be a good person. Anyway, we could go down this rabbit hole forever. This is just, I guess, one of the concerns I have. It's not that I don't want Rand and Celine to hook up or something, because I think yeah. that would be interesting. I guess I just am a little concerned with the way they've set up he and Egwene's relationship still, that it's it could be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they how they deal with this. Yeah, and I don't think they need to worry about like the other three, like the three main love interests yet, because I think that's probably going to take time to develop just like it does in the books, right? right. And, and, and like, that's why, even so even though in the book, Rand had moved on from Egwene, like now he has Elaine in his head by the, by book four, right? When the thing happens with Avienda and then he's like, mm-hmm. that's why he's freaked out. He's like, well, no, we got to get married because like, that's why I was raised. We got to do this. She's like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> right. And, and he feels like he's cheating on Elaine at that point. Right. Which and, is funny because they just basically kissed in the stone of tear a few times. Yeah. Like, and met once when he fell over a wall and all of a sudden there's a romantic relationship. I never, I never understood like <laughs> the dynamics bet- uh, between Rand and Elaine, you know, like in the, in the books, like right. why they're so in love with each other. What they're basically just kind of like, you know, random booty calls basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every once in a while. Which, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother discussion, isn't it? I was going to say a couple other things that just sprung to my mind, but maybe we need to save this for another discussion, but the, it seems like they are setting up Perrin and Rand to be separated from each other uh, right from the start. And if they do mm-hmm. get back together or, or realign their storylines, I'm guessing that won't happen until Falm in Toman Head, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's my guess. I could be wrong. This is speculation, of course. But it also seems like they are going to have Perrin um, run into Avienda 
and that they're going to be developing that more. We know based on some leaked uh, audition scripts that have come out, based on some of the teaser footage, it seems like Avienda might be the Aiel in a cage that gets rescued, Mm -hmm. or one of them. There may be more than one. I guess my point is, it almost feels to me like they might be setting up Avienda to be more of a Perrin uh, friend, not necessarily a love interest. I don't think Avienda would be a Perrin love interest. But there's a possibility to me that Avienda is the one who goes with Perrin to the two rivers later right? instead of Gaul. Yeah, I think so too. So I actually have wondered, just because this article says season two will feature five of Rand's love interests, that doesn't necessarily mean all of Rand's love interests from the books will be his love interests in the show. Right. It's possible that he will not fall in love with all three of those women. I think Min is pretty likely. They've already set up something between he and Min. Um, I don't know that Elaine or Avienda is as realistic. And in my opinion, I actually ship Elaine and Avienda as a couple more than Rand and Elaine. Well, you and the entire fandom. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see I could definitely see them changing things up. And I and as you were saying that, I I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when in one of his answer or ask me anything mm-hmm. from a couple years ago, maybe Rafe had mentioned when people asked him at like, you know, how you're going to handle the um, the, th- the, uh, the three, the, they, they said the, yeah, the polygamy. And he said, I'm going to handle it not from a polygamy standpoint, but from a polyamory standpoint. Right. Right. And so like, so I do think that those dynamics are going to change and we're not going to see exactly what we see in the books. Shocker. I know that the show is going to be different from the book, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Cause I could definitely see, uh, you know, Avienda being more of that gall figure, uh, you know, and, and partnering with parent. And mm-hmm. so maybe, I mean, like, there's still probably going to be the dynamic where, like, okay, whoever the Aiel is that's with them is going to be teaching Rand the ways of the Aiel come season three, the Shadow Rising. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, they could still develop a romantic relationship at that point, Rand and Avienda. Um, but, and I do think, like, the Elaine thing is probably going to happen somehow. Um, but, yeah. I, I like the idea of Egwene, or sorry, Elaine and Avienda becoming sort of a couple, mm-hmm. first sisters, at least. Maybe not a couple, but first sisters, just very close. And then the idea that Rand loves one of them has to marry them both, yeah. uh, like Aiel custom demands kind of a thing. Um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I, I'm also not that interested in all that, to be honest. Like, I'm much more interested in like getting the Forsaken and some of the other mythology right, personally. But anyway... Enough of that. Let's move on. Let's talk about something a little more lighthearted, shall we? (laughs) Uh, What idol? So as you may or may not recall, we like to compare each of our episodes to a They Might Be Giants song. And there's this great They Might Be Giants song comes from 1996. It's called How Can I Sing Like a Girl? And we thought this, the lyrics of this song and the history of this song go well with Watt Idol, the upcoming competition. If you don't know what Watt Idol is, it is a Wheel of Time song parody contest or challenge that we've been putting on. Um, The Dusty Will, Matt from The Dusty Will, John from the YouTube channel Watt Up, and myself for the last three years have been doing these parody challenge, this parody challenge thing. And Watt Idol 2023 is well underway. It's coming soon. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this They Might Be Giants song history because I thought it was interesting. One of the Johns of They Might Be Giants said this about this song. This song is as much about freedom of expression as it is about how to sing high. Its title was inspired by part of They Might Be Giants' live show, 
where John Flansburg had to sing in a falsetto to reproduce the sound of a sped-up vocal from a recording called She Was a Hotel Detective. And so the idea of having the right to sing like a girl on demand was born. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of, I think that's funny. It's kind of a commentary on this idea that wouldn't it be nice if I could just turn on my falsetto voice and sing like a girl. And so the song is sort of winking at the idea of this idea of like, Oh, you throw like a girl and him saying, no, I want to be able to sing like a girl. Right. It's, it's more complimentary of, of women than it is derogatory. So I've got the lyrics here. We're just going to review some of these lyrics and see how, how you tell me uh, how you think, Rob, these compare to what idol. Okay. Birds are calling to sing along, but my windows painted shut. And all that year of chorus taught me is out of style and long forgot. How can I sing like a girl and not be stigmatized by the rest of the world? Tell me, how can I sing like a girl and not be objectified as if I were a girl? Yeah, um, that's very kind of Wheel of Time lens, at least especially the book point of view, right? Um, and I kind of wonder, like, it, this song's kind of a hot button, you know, especially nowadays, um, you know, but not be objectif- not be objectified as if I were a girl. I mean, just like, ooh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of messed up. But I mean, you can't, can't. Uh, dismiss history right like and that's definitely been a problem yeah well the next part of the song is i want to raise my freak flag higher and higher and i want to raise my freak flag and never be alone never be alone now that immediately made me think of hardcore fan freaks wheel of time hardcore fans that's twitter of time right there in a nutshell that's twitter of time and in my opinion that's what what idol is about raise your freak flag raise your freak flag don't be scared to belt it out I, I get comments from a lot of people related to what idol in particular, where they say things like, oh, I, I have all these great lyric ideas, but I just don't like to hear my voice or I'm not a good singer or whatever. I'll tell you what, some of the people who submit aren't great singers and we still love everything they do. Right. Yeah. So I would just encourage anyone and everyone who wants to participate, raise your freak flag higher. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so uh, this will be my third time doing one and I am not. A singer and my family will be the first one to tell you that dad is not a singer like and so <laughs> um but just have fun with it like i don't care that i'm not that like if it can be funny or if it can bring a smile to your face watching a silly video that i make then that's fine i'm not trying to become a popular singer some people have talents that other people don't have um you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win just because you're uh, a good singer right like it's all about the concept and the fun and the voting and the community and, you know, just like the sharing the joy for, for the story and for the music and for each other and just hanging out and, and, and hating the fact that we have to vote between two things. <laughs> Which is part of the fun. Yeah, it's a blast. So don't let that kind of inner voice that says like, you know, don't let people listen to how you really sound because we all sound different when we hear ourselves on in, in our own headphones. Because that's not how we hear ourselves. Yes. Right. Um, And that's okay. So just have fun with it. Like, don't try to, you know, make it perfect. Um, What was it? uh, What was it? Alyssa said. Oh, I I can read that right now. I have it right here. So Alyssa, who couldn't be here, as many of you know, she is wonderful at song parodies. I think last year she was second place in the challenge. The year before she was third place, I believe. And so one of the things that Alyssa has talked about is how she gets really nervous about the competition aspect of it. She gets, she wants to just do these parodies to have fun, but then she also has the side of her that Mm -hmm. wants to win the contest, which is understandable. Like, you know, you put all that effort in, you want to win. And we kind of intentionally build it up to be kind of like a ruthless competition because it's fun. But 
just to be clear, this is about having fun only. This is not about winning. And it can be as someone who makes YouTube content and started doing it for fun. But now I sort of personally get tied up into all the numbers and the analytics and like, why am I not getting more views? I totally understand both sides of this where you want to do something that's fun, but also you want your efforts to be rewarded in some way, or you want to be noticed in some way or, or recognized in some way, you know, get that recognition. Um, I will tell you, everyone I've talked to who's participated, whether or not they won, had a wonderful time. But here's what Alyssa said. She said, I just wanted to offer some advice, which is to just have fun. Sometimes when I'm in the middle of a project, I start to get frustrated or fixated on the things that are imperfect. But then I have to remember that the purpose is to enjoy what I'm doing in the hopes that someone else will also enjoy it. The more fun you have, the more it will come across. Embrace the silly and ridiculous, the heartfelt and emotion. I thought that was really nice. Just like a, a recognition that when we're in the middle of a project, we get really obsessive about the details. We're really self-critical, right? I know I'm that way about my own work. Mm -hmm. um, I had to get over that hating hearing my voice. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out from the lyrics, it says, from the watchtowers, I've been spotted, fingers pointing at my mouth, spotlights turn and pivot towards me, but I dare not make a sound. So I've seen people who have been spotted or called out, so to speak, on Twitter, who are like scared when the finger points at them to actually let anything come out. And I think those are the people who should be joining this competition. That's my opinion. Like, if you think you're not good enough, all the more reason to do it. Like, like Alyssa said, let your emotion fly, be silly with it, be okay with it, accept the imperfections and just have fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that's, that's kind of the whole, that's the whole, that's the whole point of it. Um, and it's kind of like one of the inspirations of us starting this podcast was to, you know, encourage people who, you know, maybe they're on the fence about whether they want to be a content creator or not, because they're not sure how it's going to be received, or they're self conscious, or they don't think their works all that good or whatever. Like, don't worry about what other people are going to think, just do it because it's fun and uh you know throw it out there you know like and if you'll get vote if you get voted off don't 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 take it hard yeah i mean like all of us are kind of disappointed when when we don't like when our vote doesn't go through but at the same time like when you guys made the announcement for this year then like my first reaction has been woohoo I'm excited to join and get voted off again. You know, like <laughs> I'm excited to not win, but still make something, you know, like don't worry about the, the prize, right? Like, uh, like Brandon Sanderson says the journey before destination. Yes, like, like, exactly. Have fun with the, with the process, have fun with just the whole aspect of it. If you have a, a silly idea, go with it. it. It might be an obscure song that people don't even know. I mean, like, I think that the two songs that I've done, were pretty old songs and and they weren't like you know hugely popular and so maybe people didn't know them and maybe that's the hipster in me being like if you get it you get it you know like but whatever i don't care i'm just gonna pick a song that i like and i'm gonna parody it and it might not be your style but you know like let's let all the different you know dishes come to the thanksgiving table you take what you like and you pass on what you don't like that's totally fine yeah you know like you you don't have to do if you hate pop music like I hate pop music, then you don't have to do pop music. You know, like if you, if you like country music and I like country music and I think, and I think that it has a place in the wheel of time environment because Sean Chan talks like Texas, y'all, <laughs> then uh, bring that to the table. You know, like just, 
just do what you want. Um, it, it's a blast. This is probably one of the most fun things that we do. And I love that it's like right before JordanCon mm-hmm. because JordanCon has the huge karaoke thing. And I had said last year that I was going to sing my song at karaoke and then I totally chickened out and I wish that I didn't um because that would have been so fun to do live but uh but yeah like just have fun with it have fun awesome yeah speaking of Alyssa did do that at karaoke at jordan con last year she did one of her parodies and it was awesome that takes an extra level of courage to get up in front of people and do karaoke wow that's not something i have courage to do but so raise your freak flag high this song how can i sing like a girl kind of like pinpoints one of the one of the issues that i'm having with mine i'm working on right now my song is like 90 percent complete I haven't done the video yet, but I already have it in my head. Um, And we're running out of time because there's like a month, less than a month left. Yeah, less than half a month now. So I better get cranking on it. Yeah, hello, ADHD superpowers. But um, the thing that that I found out was, um, like I had asked Alyssa to help me like to sing my chorus because I need need, um, like a, a high voice to sing the chorus, you know, like whether it's a girl, whether it's a guy impersonating a girl, whether it's just a dude with high voice, I don't care. I just need somebody like with a higher voice in mind to sing my chorus and I'll drop it in there. Right. And so Mm -hmm. she was originally going to do that. And then she messaged me, she said, I found out that in the rules, if you ask somebody to help you, then they, they can only help one other person like as a backup. And we were like, Oh, we did not know that. So like there's rules that you should follow. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of that. First of all, Submission deadline is April 3rd, 2023. Now, I recognize that's pretty soon. So this uh, podcast might be coming out a little late for you to do much. We better roll it out quick. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a few there's a few things to note. I want to talk about some tips. First and foremost, this is a Wheel of Time song parody challenge, not a, a video challenge. So a lot of people get caught up in the video. And I'll be honest, the better videos do tend to get voted further into the contest. And the better the video combined with the parody, the more chances you have of winning. But there isn't a single parody that's entered that no one likes. Like everyone likes the parodies and we have nothing but good things to say. We're very inclusive and accepting. This is about having fun. So first and foremost, if all you can do is write it, record yourself singing it and put lyrics on the screen with a black background, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely good enough, right? We we don't need this to be a video contest. Um, So I, I know some people get worried about the video aspect of it. And again, it is fun to watch music videos, but that isn't the point of the contest. Um, second, we cannot show all the full parodies on the streams. We'd have to like quit our day jobs and make this like a full-time TV show in order to do that. <laughs> and so uh, we end up, the first year it was brutal because we only showed the first 30 seconds of the parodies before we let people vote. And and it's a single elimination thing. So once you're voted off, you're off, right? And so I would highly encourage people, to, if you're interested in the contest portion of it, not just producing a fun parody, but you want to kind of get ahead, you need to make those first 30 seconds to a minute really count. Yeah. You know, pull us in quick. Um, and and so there is that sort of like contest aspect of it, where if you're kind of strategically thinking, I want to do this for the contest part, not just because I want to have fun, then think about that. Like you want to get people into it, probably have a few laughs right up front. Now, some of the best parodies are not funny. They're just like emotional and thought provoking. So that's also a thing. We're, 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 we're kind of going... F- fast and loose with the the um the idea of a parody right right <laughs> it can be emotional it can be heartfelt it can make us cry um but just keep those things in mind okay now as far as rules go you mentioned one rule mm-hmm. so these rules might seem a little bit strict but what we don't want to do is we don't want 
certain talented members of the community to kind of have their fingers in everyone's uh, parody, right? right? We want to let people kind of be in charge of their own parody. Now, that being said, of course you can collaborate, but if you submit a parody alongside someone else, then that's the one submission you each get. You don't get to each submit two, you don't get to submit two parodies each, if that makes sense. Now, if you have someone that's just kind of involved with the background singing or minimally involved in some way, I think that's totally okay if they help you. But we want to try to limit that as much as we can. Like we say, we don't want Andrew Bard of Time or Alyssa to be asked by everyone in the community to help, uh, you know, because because we want to make sure that she has a chance to do her own. Yeah. Um, but if she's in the background of a song, we're not going to probably dock points for that. If it's entered with her name as one of the lead people, then she can't enter her own. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. That makes sense. So that's that was kind of the the this reasoning behind some of that. Um, now, one of the things we didn't include here is that you can collaborate on writing the song lyrics. And again, the reason for this is we kind of want the person who submits it to, to be that's their only entry. And so if you have someone who's just helping everyone with lyrics, how do you determine if they win or not? You know what I mean? So we want to say one songwriter, one lead vocalist. And then if you collaborate with others, it, depending on their involvement, they may not be, to, be able to submit their own. Does that help clarify some of that? Hopefully. Yeah, I think so. I think that that definitely makes sense. Any other, I mean, there are a lot of other rules. I would highly recommend that you go to wattidol.com and read through the rules before you submit because we require you to accept the rules before you submit. And I'd hate for you to work on your entire parody only to then find out there was some rule you missed. One of the things we're requiring this year is that you put all of your lyrics on screen in the video. And some people might not know how to do that. You know, some people barely know how to record themselves, let alone make a video, right? Mm -hmm. And so the bare minimum we're requiring is that you have lyrics on screen. Yeah. And so there are some great software uh, programs that are free that you can use. Um, DaVinci Resolve, I think is what it's called, or just DaVinci is a video editing tool that's free that you can use. That's pretty easy. There are great tutorials online. Um, I'm a video editor. If you have questions with video editing, I'd be happy to help. I've already had a few people reach out with questions. Um, Alyssa recommended, she says she uses something called Cakewalk for audio. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it, but sounds interesting. I know people use Audacity, which is a free audio recording program. Um, and she says she uses something called Filmora for video editing. So I hope that that's helpful. It must be powerful. Her videos look great, you know? Like yeah, I'm, I'm always impressed with what she's able to accomplish. Um, having like no video editing experience. She does like green screen and effects and yeah. You don't need to subscribe to Adobe Creative Cloud and give them $50 a month, you know, like if this isn't your thing just for a one-time thing like yeah you know use iMovie use whatever your phone came with you know like use whatever yeah just you know it's it's all about having fun it's not production value and um, I think like yeah when we say the video component isn't that important it isn't there were some hilarious ones that didn't even have a video it just had lyrics on a screen last year like the um uh, you know he's got a book right like <laughs> the loyal parody of the rock set song you know like you've got the look that <laughs> yes. was one of my favorite songs ever it was hilarious and there was like no video it was just words it was just on screen text but yep. the text is important for our visually impaired and uh you know otherwise uh, challenged people uh, because we want everybody to be able to enjoy it so definitely you know have your text on the screen, make it accessible, do whatever you can. Um, I think it also helps probably to include a copy of the lyrics in the YouTube comments when you post your video. Yes. Yeah, actually, that's one of the rules this year as well. Make sure that your lyrics are included in the video description. Are we also saying like post them to YouTube, not Vimeo? Because 
we had a Vimeo submission last year and then there was complications with including it in the. Yes, thank you for reminding me. So we used to say you could post to YouTube or Vimeo, but Vimeo has a little bit different um, copyright content ID. So one of the things to keep in mind here is when you create a song parody and you're you're using uh, like a karaoke track, for example, mm -hmm. almost always that gets flagged by YouTube as, as, with a copyright claim. Now, copyright claims are not necessarily bad. Copyright strikes are very bad, but they're also pretty rare. So if you get a copyright strike, we're really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's You don't want that. But I've never had a copyright strike on my channel, and I've put a lot of copyright material in, on my channel. So I think copyright strikes are rare. Copyright claims are pr quite common. YouTube has something called Content ID, where it basically detects copyrighted material almost immediately upon upload and flags it. Mm -hmm. So if you're using a song that's already copyrighted or footage from a TV show like The Wheel of Time, for example, often Content ID finds that and flags that really quickly, like before you even publish the video usually. yeah. And so we are saying it's okay if you get a copyright claim as long as the video isn't actually blocked. If the video gets blocked, that's a problem because we can't show it on the stream. And that was the issue we had last year with this particular one that was uploaded to Vimeo. Mm -hmm. YouTube blocked it, so they tried to submit it through Vimeo, but we couldn't show it on the stream because we're on YouTube. Ah, okay. And so we're also recommending that if you're not sure if your song or your video is going to be blocked, test it out before you put all the work in. You know, upload an unlisted video and test it out, and YouTube will tell you pretty quickly if there's a problem. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So like if you just have the if you just have the audio and you export it with the video component so that you can upload it to YouTube, try that. That's what you're saying. Like try that ahead of time. Yeah, try it. Make sure that you set it to private or unlisted, right? Which one is it? Well, and they all need to be unlisted anyway. Unlisted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you submit them, because we don't want people to be able to find them ahead of time. That's another rule. Don't share it with too many people. You can share it with like family, friends, close people, but we don't want you sharing it publicly online because mm -hmm. we don't want it to sway the votes in the competition, right? Yeah. So the first time it's shown publicly should be during the live streams. That's kind of like the most fun part is like, you know, holding on to that present before it gets unwrapped and then like just seeing people's reactions. Yes. I love it. It's hard when you work on something and you're so proud of it or even if you're a little nervous to show it, but you want people to see it. Yeah. It's hard to keep it to yourself. It's good to know that you're on the right path. Um, so like it, in relation to that, like when we were talking about like the rules, like if you, if you want help with it, don't be afraid to ask, you know, like ask the community, you know, like, Hey, I, I'm struggling with mm -hmm. how to add lyrics to my video. Can someone show me how to do it? Or can someone point me to a YouTube tutorial or something? Like if you're struggling, like just ask for help. Yes. Like, um, for me, I, I think like, since since um, Alyssa couldn't help me with mine because she's already working on another one, then um, I'm like, okay, who else do I know that can sing? Hey, my daughter was in choir for like four years and she was super good. So I'm asking her and whether she wants to do it or not, that's fine. If she doesn't, then I will probably put a thing out on Twitter saying like, hey, can somebody record my course for me and then send me the file and you know like um because that's all i need is like you know for, for a different kind of a voice for this part of the song right and that might be what somebody else needs too and you don't want to do all the different parts yourself like you want to kind of mix it up that's fine just you know don't be afraid to ask for help that's what i want to say i love that yeah and this is one of those weird things because we say limit one songwriter per entry and we're trying to limit how many people are involved behind the scenes this isn't to say we're discouraging collaboration. We want to encourage collaboration, as I've sort of already mentioned. Mm -hmm. But it's just one of those things where we also don't want one person to be involved with a bunch of different parodies. So, you know, just uh, use your best judgment. Yeah. 
Well, it's also respecting, yeah, it's respecting those people's time too, right? <laughs> right. Like if if a hundred people got asked to work on a thing, like, and you want to help everybody, like you could have that kind of personality where you're like, no, I said I was going to help them. And now I'm on the hook for four videos or whatever, right? Like just be respectful of, of, of people's time. And, you know, there've been some right. um, amazing, uh, you know, collaborative videos. I think of the the two ones that Takar and Riyadh did that had all three of them in there. Um, and, you know, those are blasts. So like, yeah, you can do one with somebody else. I mean, it's not like you have to give you $50,000 of prize money at the end or anything like that. So it, we're doing it for fun. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of prizes, though, we got some great donations last year. And because of that, we were able to send even participation trophies to everyone involved. Now, We've had some issues with shipping and some other stuff. So some people who were involved last year haven't received that yet. We're still working on that. But that is a really cool thing where the community gets so into it that they donate money. And all of that money that's donated goes to the people who are involved with Wad Idol. Like I'm not getting a cent of that. I mean, the people who submitted parodies, mm -hmm. you know, like Matt and me and John, we don't get paid for this. We're doing this for fun, you know? So, um, and because of all the content um, copyright issues, Matt's streams get, demonetized almost immediately. Yeah. So there literally is the only money that's coming to this is donations, which we're giving back to the people who participated in the contest. Um, and that's part of the fun too. That being said, we're, we're still trying to figure out how to streamline that process. So we apologize to anyone who participated in the past who still hasn't received their really quick because um, we're going a little long. So by the way, if you want to ask for help, you can go to the Dusty Will Discord. You can find his Discord linked in just about all of his videos. But there is a channel called Watt Challenge Song Parody uh, Channel in the Dusty Will Discord where it's pretty active. People are talking about ideas and working together in certain ways, asking for advice. And I reached out there just before we started recording to ask some questions, and I've actually received some questions. So I want to go through these really quickly. Okay. Uh, Koala asked, do you have the schedule for live voting shows yet? If so, how will it run this year? How many entries so far? Well, as of recording this, we have – 11 entries, but last year we had 67. As we mentioned, there was one that had some issues we couldn't show. So 66 were able to be shown on stream, at least the first minute or so. And um, I know of at least eight or nine that are being worked on that will probably be done in the next week or so. Um, so I think we'll have a minimum of 20 entries, but I'm really hoping we break the record and get over 70 this year. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them will come in last minute. Yes, that that happened last year too. And last year we did an extension. I'm sorry, but we're probably not doing an extension. And a big reason for that is Jordan Con is coming pretty soon. And we want to try to do this either right before or right after Jordan Con. And so we're hoping we can do it before Jordan Con, but we're not entirely sure that's going to work. And so there's not likely to be an extension. If there is, it might be only a few days. So don't put it off. Yeah. Like get on, get on it. I mean, you basically have one big weekend left, I think, before <laughs> your time is up. Maybe two. Crap. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, do you have the schedule for live voting shows yet? No. As I just mentioned, we're still trying to figure that out. You know, schedules have been crazy with coordinating everything. As soon as we can, we will let everyone know when that's happening. But that's still something we're working on behind the scenes. Um, okay. Another question from Koala. Are there going to be categories to vote in from the start? Or will that be later like last year? Yeah. So last year... You decided to have some category voting for other prizes like best video presentation, best vocals, that sort of thing. Um, that's a good question. I would love it if we can integrate that into the show, but the, the streams already go so long that we're, we're not entirely sure. That's something we'll have to work out. Now, last year, a lot of crazy things happened where, you know, Matt got a new job and was moving and a lot of things happened. So we, we ended up putting off some of those other follow-up um, voting contests and things. So I think like the category voting kind of got 
lost in the shuffle a little bit. We'll try to be a little bit better about that this year, but I, I don't know. I can't promise that. That's something I'll bring up with uh, Matt and John. Um, and then she asked one more thing. How can we convince the organizers to play more than one and a half minutes of each song from the very first round? Well, the way to convince us to do that is fewer submissions, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want to encourage that. Right. Yeah. There's only so much time that you can, you can do because everybody has everything going on and um, you guys, like you put in so much work into this thing. A lot of work goes on behind the scenes to get ready for all of this. And then it's demanding to do one stream, let alone three streams in one week. And, and, you know, last year we've got surprised and, and Matt has some connections and he actually got, um, Hamed from the show who plays Loyal to be on as one of the guests. And then he surprised us by bringing Marcus Rutherford into the mix. The actor who plays Perrin, he just showed up. So crazy. That was the most incredible thing ever. I don't think we're going to get something like that this year, but, you know, fingers crossed, you know, Matt has his connections. That would be amazing if we could do that again. Um, but, you know, these things take time. Some of the streams go on for almost three hours already. And so, yeah. I don't know, I guess no promises. We'll do the best we can. <laughs> uh, if if there's a way, if people have ideas to help us kind of do this better, please, by all means, give us ideas because, you know, we're busy people who do this for fun on the side. So we only do the best we can with the time we have. And so, if there are people who can help us behind the scenes or something, please reach out. We would love to help. We have an email address, wattchallenges at gmail.com, or you can message us through wattidol.com. There's a contact page and you can message us that way. So um, I, I don't know if there are any other questions coming. I see that Shansani has been typing for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> in Discord. So I imagine there's some questions coming, but they haven't been posted yet. Do you have any other questions or things you wanted to bring up, uh, Rob? I do not have any other questions right now. Um, I think I'm good as far as what Idol goes. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I did see a question on Twitter. In your opinion, what are some good free video audio editing or mixing apps for the task? I already mentioned this, but I think Audacity mm -hmm. is great for audio. Um, DaVinci is good for video editing. And the ones that Alyssa mentioned. Um, Cakewalk for audio, Filmora for video. Yeah, Cakewalk and Filmora. If you do use Adobe, then Premiere is good for video. After Effects, if you really want to kick it up a notch, talk to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and then uh, the, Adobe's version uh, of the audio editing is called Audition. And I've been using that lately, mm -hmm. and it seems actually pretty intuitive at first it was pretty intimidating but like the more i just kind of like play around with it um you know the easier it's getting to use and i gotta say the beauty of any video or audio editing software these days is if you don't know something it's just like a google or youtube search away yes one of the things i love about Aud uh, adobe audition because i don't use Aud audition that often but i was trying to do some audio mixing just some basic audio mixing for the parody i was working on and i didn't know how to do something so i just went to youtube and searched and found so many helpful videos that got right to the point. The only tricky thing is sometimes you don't even know what terms to search for because you're so new to it. You know, you don't know like what terms do I use to say that I need help with this certain type of effect or this certain thing. Yeah. So that's where the community comes in. Just ask. We're here to help, you know? Yeah. I mean, I found some great resources when last year I was like, okay, this year I need to add lyrics to my video, right? And this was last year, not this year, but same applies this year is that like, I was just like, okay, how do I do subtitles easily? And I found like a couple of videos that said like how to do it in premiere, uh, where you just copy and paste your text in and then it automatically goes through and, you know, like AI or whatever, like, you know, aligns your lyrics to the, yeah, it does most of the work for you and then you can just tweak it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just had to change the font size and the, you know, like the, the, whether I want lines 
two lines or one line or whatever. It's kind of like how in in TikTok, like you can have it like you know automatically, you know, dictate your your sub your uh, I won't say subtitles, but it's really it's like closed captioning, right? Um, yeah, yeah, um, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just you know it's easy to find that stuff, you know, find out how to do it and watch a tutorial in my case about five times before I actually try it, you know, like, cause I thought, wait, okay, I want to get this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want to, speaking of that, just to be clear, we are encouraging that you put in closed captioning as well, but that's not what we mean by on-screen text. Closed captioning is something that you can do either automatically or by copying and pasting a script in through YouTube. Um, we want actual on-screen text in the video itself. So um, both of those things are great. Closed captioning is encouraged for, um, accessibility reasons, but we're not going to have closed captioning churned on during the competition. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we want to make sure that you guys have your actual video or titles, like you were mentioning, embed those directly into the video. Don't count on like YouTube to right. fill that in. Right. So um, Shantani did post her thing. Let me read it real quick. I think it's a really great way to end too. She said, I think you should stress that even though it's a song competition, it is not really a singing competition. Singing ability and music production ability are fine and all, but it's more about the concept of the song and the writing, the story you're telling. I think too many people are intimidated by the idea of putting themselves out there to be judged. And I think we're probably missing out on some great parodies as a result. Good singing and whatever don't automatically mean a better parody, as I've learned through making a billion of these. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you've never done a song parody before and never sung before, you can totally do a Watt song parody that will all listen to it and enjoy it and appreciate your efforts. This isn't like American Idol where the judges are mean-spirited and laugh at people. We want to laugh with the people who enter or feel the feels. I think we need to stress that message more. Well, there you go. I think that is absolutely perfect. This is not a singing competition. It's a Wheel of Time fan competition, yeah. right? And so it's more about the story you're telling and we're going to applaud your efforts, no matter how good or bad your voice is, no matter how good or bad your parody is. Because it's a celebration of the fandom and it's a celebration of the Wheel of Time that we all love, right? So keep that in mind and don't let everyone's amazing parodies that tend to do really well in the competition, um, don't let that intimidate you or keep you from entering, right? Because that really isn't what it's about. It's just about having yeah. fun. You might not be the best singer. Thank the gray Lord. I mean, thank the light, um, <laughs> that, you know, because otherwise I would never enter this thing and I know I'm going to lose anyway, but hey, it's fun to do it anyway. Um, so have fun with it, you know. Um, just do it, as they used to say on those Nike apps. Exactly. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Don't get all in your head. Just do it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rob, for joining. Uh, we are sorry that we don't post more regularly. Uh, this is not a weekly Wheel of Time podcast like some, but uh, we hope that this was informative. If you have any questions about Watt Idol or anything, or if you have some fun ideas for They Might Be Dark Friends in the future, please reach out to us. Let us know. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us through um, wattidol.com in the case of the song parody challenge. Yeah, we're just excited to keep this fandom going. Hopefully next time we get together, we'll have some season two news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find us on the socials. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't have that list in front of me, but you know, we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter and um, I think Facebook. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, just look for They Might Be Dark Friends and you'll find us. Google it. Thanks so much for listening. 
You can follow us on Twitter at TMBD Podcast. You can support us on patreon.com slash they might be dark friends. And if you'd like to be on the podcast as a guest to share why you love the Wheel of Time, please email us at they might be dark friends at gmail.com. Join us next time, or you might be a dark friend. <laughs>